Well, here we are at Noct- <laughs> Nocturnal Journal. We're going to uh, just kill some time. I'll give you the, uh, the lineup for the show tonight. Uh, after the news with David Jennings, we are going to have, he's been on deck for uh, a couple months now, Phil Scalar, the uh, co-founder and CEO of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. That'll be the first half hour. And uh, then calling in from uh, Charleston, South Carolina, will be our friend Mike Veck. Uh, co-owner of the St. Paul Saints and son of the White Sox owner, Hall of Fame owner, Bill Veck. And then we're also going to uh, look at the Studs Turkle Award winners from a pro- uh, public narrative. And uh, that'll be from the 10.30 to 11 hour, 10.30 to 11 o'clock hour here on WGN, Nocturnal Journal. So here we go. We're going to have David Jennings in the news. And uh, we'll be back with Nocturnal Journal after this. So thanks for hanging out. Hi, this is Tanya Tucker, and you're listening to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Shooting out sparks over 38 states, the Canadian Plains, and the tequila fields of Mexico. A program most deserving of a grand introduction. The Nocturnal Journal. The talk of the town. WGN Radio 720. With your guide, Dave Hoekstra. Daytime turns me off and I don't need maybe. Nine to five Welcome to Nocturnal Journal. This is Dave Hoekstra, and on the phone we have Phil Scalar, co-founder and CEO of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Right, Phil? That's right, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight. Uh, last weekend at this time we were hanging out with Tanya Tucker, as you heard, and now we're hanging out with you. So, Yes, yeah, I'm glad to be here and just say that great busy day with tons of visitors checking out all the bobbleheads at the museum and now uh, get to talk bobbleheads so nothing better than that right <laughs> that's right well i can't remember <laughs> when i was up there i was up there sometime in early summer and stuff uh talk about first of all where the museum is at and then talk about why the museum uh, started in milwaukee yeah so we're uh, right downtown milwaukee uh people familiar with the area right in the third ward uh basically right downtown, close to a ton of restaurants, shops, uh, the Amtrak station, which a lot of people take the train uh, back and forth from Chicago to Milwaukee. We're only 10 minutes from Miller Park and by the Summerfest grounds, so really centrally located with about 6,500 unique bobbleheads on display. Um, got started as a personal collection with me and the other co-founder just uh, enjoying bobbleheads, and our collection started to grow out of control the same time we started to uh, look into producing a bobblehead of a friend of ours to honor him and raise money for Special Olympics. And uh, we combined those two ideas to have the museum and the production uh, company that makes bobbleheads and markets them. And uh, here we are about five years later. We opened on February 1st to the public, and uh, so far so good. Uh, some um, language things. When you say unique bobbleheads, sixty-five hundred unique bobbleheads. What does that What does that mean? <laughs> so that means you know sixty-five different, sixty-five hundred different bobbleheads. Uh, so you know there's not uh, a thousand of the same bobbleheads in there, but yeah, uh, yeah there are some very unique ones as well. Um, you know, it really runs the gamut. There's everything from you know the baseball. Uh, which everybody expects and thinks of when they think of bobbleheads to, you know, movies, music, politicians, um, anything and everything that's ever been turned into bobblehead form is is represented at the museum. And uh, I toured it with you. You know, I was I was pretty excited. I have I have about 
150 bobbleheads. <laughs> but uh, talk about how the museum is laid out. I mean, it, you kind of go in themes and sections and stuff. So when a visitor comes to see you, uh, how do they approach the museum? Yeah, so we give visitors a little brief overview when they come in. Uh, we have several front desk staff who are friendly and love to answer questions and uh, show people the museum. And uh, so it's laid out regionally. Uh, so the very first section is uh, the regional babbleheads, which leads into the local. Uh, so the middle area is all the Wisconsin babbleheads. We get some heat for having the Chicago and Minnesota babbleheads first, but uh, we do have uh, quite a few of those, but even more Wisconsin babbleheads. Um, and then baseball, basketball, football, hockey, um, all the other sports, so soccer, uh, boxing, you know, everything else, lacrosse, um, have their own areas. And then that gets into the uh, non-sports, so every, politicians, music, movies, comics, serial characters, um, really, you know, have, um, just anything and everything. Uh, but, yeah, laid out uh, by category. And then we also have uh, Timeline, which has the history of Babblehead, the, the story of how they started to how they got to you know, being this sort of cultural icon that they are today. Uh, also a uh, life-size bobblehead and a wall of champions, which has the current champions for all the MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL, and then the oldest bobblehead. So, you know, getting back to the turn of the century and uh, the very first sports bobbleheads as well. You really do have uh, some unique bobbleheads. Uh, you had I mean, I'm just throwing this out. Wendy O. Williams from the Plasmatics, the rock band. You know, she's passed away. <laughs> I couldn't believe I saw yeah. that there. You've got rock and roll bobbleheads. You know, you you have, you have, I saw a Dr. Martin Luther King bobblehead. Yeah, so yeah, it really is everybody. We have a, a section, which we didn't talk about yet, but we're um, famous Wisconsinites and also famous uh, people from history are, are profiled with um, bio for each one so you know people coming in just expecting to see bobbleheads you leave with some knowledge and hopefully it piques your interest in some topics as well but everybody from martin luther king to uh, gandhi and um you know jackie robinson's profile rick monday from the cubs uh, saving the, the flag with the flag right uh, yeah. yeah so we picked out you know the bobbleheads that uh, you know show moments or that have more information behind them which most bobbleheads do you know it's not just a, a person or a, a character it's there is a story behind there and that's one of the interesting things that you know we hear visitors talk about as they go through the museum and you know whether it's a little kid pointing it out to their parents or grandparents um, or grandparents pointing it out to the, you know their grandchildren or their children uh, just a lot of really interesting and fun conversations being had about the different bobbleheads that people see. You hit the nail on the bobblehead right there. I mean, every bobblehead has a, has, has a story. You know, we, I was talking to my friend Mike at Wrigley Field this year, and uh, I like getting them in person because there's always, as opposed to ordering them off, off of eBay or something, because there's an experience. You know, every, you know, I didn't even think of that when I went up and saw you this summer, but every bobblehead does have a story, whether it's a story of history or a story of securing the bobblehead. It's, it's, it, it can get kind of deep. Yeah, it can. Yeah. yeah, and some of them, I mean, are more obvious than others. So we were looking at some White Sox bobbleheads with a uh, visitor the other day, and I mean, there's Ozzy Guillen with the World Series trophy, and you know, for Sox fans, that brings back the ultimate memories. And you know, real close to that, the Cubs World Series bobblehead, and you know, Cubs and Sox fans know exactly where they were. You know, the moments that 
to those key, you know, World Series final outs and the games leading up to the World Series, where they were, who they were with, you know, some of the tears that they shed. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, for both sports and on the non-sports side as well, it just brings out some really fun conversations and brings back some terrific memories. You mentioned uh, visitors. Um, two questions there. What what uh, are the questions they ask of you, and what su- what surprises what surprises them? The number one question we get is who dusts all these bobbleheads. <laughs> uh, so we ask them if they want to volunteer, or um, you know, if they know of anybody. But we do have uh, a really great team that uh, helps out with with those sort of things. But aside from the dusting question, is where did all these bobbleheads come from? Um, so that's the other key question and you know the answer to that is started out as the personal collection but once we announced the idea to the public you know people really embraced it and teams and individuals and organizations have sent in bobbleheads that dropped off bobbleheads since pretty much day one really helping to make this such an eclectic collection and uh you know we've been really blown away by that and one individual from cleveland who donated uh, 1,500 bobbleheads, bobblehead Bob. Uh, he was known with from his friends. Uh, he had cancer, terminal cancer and learned about the museum and wanted his bobbleheads to be you know, seen by other people who could enjoy them. And so that every day now people are seeing his bobblehead. Yeah, talk uh, so a little bit really, more about him. Like, you have a section devoted to him. Uh, yeah, we do. And it was uh, great. A couple weeks ago, um, his sister who introduced him to the museum and found out about us and you know, they had some conversations about, you know, he was trying to decide he had other collections as well, but 1,500 bobbleheads and, you know, what do we do with all these? And, you know, they talked and said, you know, this would be a perfect place for him. And she helped coordinate it and helped, you know, in his final months um, get that donation to the museum um, all ready to go. And it was great because we were able to, you know, we asked him what he wants, you know, we wanted to, you know, see if there's anything we could do for him. Um, and he said, oh, it'd be cool to have a story in the local paper or just a blurb or something. And, you know, CNN, ESPN ended up picking up the story after, you know, his local, the local TV stations in the Cleveland area picked it up. And so that was just, uh, you know, hearing his reaction and uh, hearing, you know, how much it meant to him was, you know, phenomenal. After our break here in a minute, I'll, I want to talk about how you got into this. But are you surprised? I mean, the response has been very, very strong. Is it has it been stronger than you thought it would be? It has. Yeah, we you know didn't know exactly what to expect, but uh, you know February first we opened the doors and people started to trickle in. And you know every week we're busier than the previous week for the most part. Summer was just we were blown away by the volume of visitors. We've had visitors from every state. We have a map uh, both. U.S. and international, where people can put a pin where they babbled in from. And, uh, you know, several months ago, we were already had visitors from all 50 states. Uh, and I think now we're at about 30 or so countries. So, yeah, people are coming from far and wide and just intrigued by the idea and wanting to learn more, see more. And, you know, it's a one-of-a-kind place nowhere else in the world. So it's, uh, you know, like people have, uh, you know, embraced the idea. You're at 170 South 1st Street in Milwaukee? Yes, right downtown area. So, yeah, if you're coming to Milwaukee, you're going to be within a few-minute uh, drive or walk of uh, of the museum if you're in the downtown area. And shoot out the website. 
the website's babbleheadhall.com, and we have all the visitor information. We're open uh, seven days a week, so no excuse. Uh, if you're in the area, we're going to be open you know, 10 to 5 on the weekends and 10 to 6 Monday through Friday. And what's the admission? Uh, $5. So set it nice and low so everybody could enjoy it. Uh, wanted to get as many people in as possible. And so I think uh, we've had some people tell us it's the best $5 they've spent. Obviously, you know, not everybody uh, is as excited as the next person. That was a bobblehead collector who just, you know, was blown away. But we do get a ton of people who are just uh, sort of blown away and say they wish they allocated more time because there's just so many bobbleheads to see. We've had actually more repeat visitors than we've expected as well and are planning some special uh, events and exhibits to get people back as well. Yeah, it's um, it's it's it is quite it is quite a place. So we're gonna take a break, and then I want to talk uh, a little bit about your uh, recent bobbleheads and how they get manufactured, and then how you guys got into it. So you can hang around a little bit longer. Sounds good, Dave. Okay, I'll thanks, be here. Phil. Okay, don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. I'm gonna get on the old turnpike, and I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna leave this town till you decide. Which one you want the most, those opera stars or me? Milwaukee, here I come from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. I'm Dave Hoekstra with Roe Coleman uh, producing. Roe, you, you got any bobbleheads, Roe? I don't have any bobbleheads, well, actually. I, I used to think they were kind of creepy. <laughs> Phil, Phil, uh, Phil Scalari, uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Do you get that? Yes. Do you get that a lot? That people are kind of sometimes weirded out by them? You know, we've only had a couple people who've mentioned that. They've had, you know, there's one person who said that, you know, they didn't bring somebody with because they had sort of a bobblehead phobia. So, uh, <laughs> but it's not someone we hear too much. I mean, there's uh, most people either have at least one or, you know, have had one at some point in their life. And we get quite a few people who have dozens or hundreds or, you know, several hundred or, you know, every once in a while, somebody who has a thousand or so. We played a little bit of John Prine there, uh, driving the freeway up from Nashville to Milwaukee. And I, after I met you, I had time to think. I, I want the listeners to know about, I don't know how you turn these out. And I, I don't think I asked you this when I saw you. Uh, we'll have the uh, text version of our interview uh, attached to the podcast. But you guys, you jump on all these trends. I mean, I, I know there's trends since I lost ha- lost talk to you, but Chance the Snapper and Alligator Hunter bobbleheads, you've sold those. Sister Jean, her 100th birthday bobblehead. Um, so talk about some of the recent bobbleheads you've put out. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, we're always, uh, I guess, 24-7 thinking bobblehead. So when we see something, you know, whether it's a play at a, in a game or, you know, a viral character, uh, like a Chance the Snapper type event, uh, we immediately think, oh, could that be a bobblehead? And then a lot of cases it could be, and not all of them turn into bobbleheads. Um, you know, it definitely have to be timely, you know, releasing a chance to snap a bobblehead a year later probably isn't going to have the same effect so you have to get on it right away and uh, crank uh, crank out a really nice rendering so people can see what the bobblehead will look like and uh, you know chance to snapper was really popular and we were able to work with uh, Frank Rob the alligator hunter who caught chance to snapper and do a bobblehead of him as well but now you're uh, doing yeah. uh, Frank Rob's new girlfriend that's probably the third one <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, there's uh, endless possibilities. You know, we always uh, 
joke when we're talking to people that we're never going to run out of ideas, and it definitely is uh, is true. So, well, you know, uh, just to, yeah, not to get real wonky about bobbleheads. So, how long where are the, where are these made, and how long does it take for them to be turned around? I mean, how how immediate are you in manufacturing these? Yeah, so the quick, the, you know, the most important thing is turning around the rendering really quickly so people can visualize what the bobblehead's going to look like. Uh, the process, you know, takes about 90 days from start to finish. So, you know, we come up with the rendering and then start the production process. But uh, bobbleheads are produced in China these days, and they started out being produced in Japan and have always been in that Asia-Pacific region, just uh, given the nature of how they're produced and their hand uh, assembled and hand painted, which is uh, you know something that isn't cost effective uh, in this region. So they have to be you know produced there to make them uh, affordable for people to be able to you know buy them for between twenty and forty dollars, or for a team like the White Sox or Cubs to give them away at a game. So uh, uh, so yeah, we. Yeah. So I bought okay. a I bought a Trump uh, Kim Jong Un bobblehead from you in your gift shop. We'll get to the gift shop. So these are made in China. Are, are you affected by the tariffs and all? So bobbleheads currently are not affected by the tariffs. They're not one of the goods on the uh, the very long and growing list of goods affected by the tariffs. Um, but uh, you know that could obviously change as more goods are added. Uh, so yeah, we're always we're monitoring that as well. But yeah, Trump and Kim Jong Un is a uh, is one that's turned a lot of heads, uh, so to speak. <laughs> well, now, this this might affect you. I, I want to talk about this. This is great. I mean, you're going to have a political theme special exhibit next year to co- coincide with the 2020 yeah. Democratic National Convention in Milwaukee. So there you go. So talk about what yeah. you're going to be doing with that. Yeah, so every day pretty much now we are working. We have a couple people working on getting everything planned out and ready to go. Uh, the goal is to have it all up and running by uh, early February, which is when the Iowa caucuses are uh, held. And so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We have uh, one bobblehead for every president, at least, uh, and those will be on display and with a bio and fun fact about every president. Um, There's some really interesting facts out there about each one, so it'll be a fun thing to highlight. Um, And then, you know, just uh, taking people through the history of the country through bobbleheads, and then also looking at the 2020 Democratic uh, cycle through bobbleheads. So bobbleheads are the candidates, everybody from, you know, Mayor Pete to Joe Biden, you know, um, Yang, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, all the candidates. And so it'll be a fun way to sort of look at how this, how we got to, you know, where we are or, or where we'll be uh, in mid-July when the eyes of the nation and really the world are on Milwaukee and on the region uh, as we host the Democratic National Convention. You know, I'm going to give away my age here, but I did see this in your museum. Um, the, the earliest uh, I remember those little figures of LBJ and Goldwater. Are those? I think you had those there. Were they bobbleheads or just figurines? Yeah, so everything in the museum bobbles. Yeah. Um, so if we had them there, yeah, they bobble. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we, we will have some of the oldest political bobbleheads, which date back to the 60s, um, JFK really old, some old bobbleheads of him some, some of them worth close to a thousand dollars so if you have you know one of those in your attic or uh, basement definitely uh take a look at it and maybe check ebay or uh google it and see if maybe you have one of the, you know one of the rare older bobbleheads because some of them can actually be quite valuable i don't know i don't think bobbleheads are really creepy but what happens at what's it like when you turn off the lights at night do they all do they all say do they all say good night do whatever <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, there's uh, we have a couple. Some of the staff have joked about you know potential uh, creepy scenarios or things like that. We had a really weird looking dog. Uh, bobblehead that was donated to us and the family was sort of happy to get rid of it. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, some people who uh, have theories of haunted or creepiness might uh, have some thoughts in their mind about that. We do have some horror movie bobbleheads. So every time I sort of walk by the shelf that has the Chucky bobblehead, I have to look up there to make sure he's still there and in the same position. (laughs) We haven't had anything uh, anything happen, so. Um, so I don't want to overlook the gift shop. There is a gift shop there. Uh, how many items do you have in the gift shop? Yeah, so we have over 500 unique bobbleheads available for purchase in the gift shop. Everything from, you know, Sister Jean and other bobbleheads that we've produced to, you know, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Bulls, Brewers, uh, you know, hundreds of different teams, uh, Kim Jong-un, Presidents, uh, you know, as you mentioned before with the Trump bobbleheads. So uh, everything, every range of the spectrum is really covered. And then we have merchandise like T-shirts and hats and so forth as well. And um, it's really a sampling of what we have on our website, which has over 3,000 unique bobbleheads uh, that fan- people can buy. And um, bobbleheads make a tremendous gift. So really fun, you know, if somebody loves yeah, Dennis Rodman, for example, what better way to show your love for Dennis Rodman than with the Dennis Rodman bobblehead? <laughs> I was on your website. I saw you had the Trump with the with the with the um, the marker with the Sharpie uh, that was in the news. Any any other brand new bobbleheads that I don't know of? Yeah, so the Trump Sharpie gate is one of the newest ones that we have. Uh, that one got some some fun attention. You know, we thought that was one of those moments that uh, we'd have to turn into bobblehead form. Um, other new ones, yeah, we're always working on, on new ones. So, you know, the Bulls are going to be hosting the All-Star Game this year, so we have a All-Star Game bobblehead that we're starting to get in the works. And uh, some new Bears bobbleheads uh, for the 100th anniversary season. We have Staley the Bear with the 100th anniversary logo, and um, those have been popular, especially with the Bears doing bobblehead giveaways um, at every game this year, which is really unprecedented in football. Um and our Home Alone bobbleheads, uh, we have added to that line every year. And obviously a regional movie with that being filmed in the Chicago area. And, uh, you know, a fan favorite of pretty much everybody. That's one that, you know, last year we added John Candy. And uh, we'll be adding another character or two, hopefully, uh, coming up. It's amazing. We could talk about this all night, right? Oh, yeah. We could talk about bobbleheads nonstop. Uh, it's just uh, sort of a never-ending uh there's so many different ones out there that it just doesn't get uh, doesn't get old. Now here, you have a Master's of Science in Accountancy degree from the University of Notre Dame and a Bachelor of Science in Finance from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. You, you told me that. Yeah, and we missed the MBA from Northwestern. Oh, but, we missed um, that. <laughs> that was, I, we might have, I, I, I'm, I am, uh, you know, I don't like to brag a lot. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I think those are things that helped uh yeah, help with the idea, and I don't think we'd I'd be where we are. You know, we'd be here if uh, it wasn't for some great education that you know took a lot of work uh, on the marketing and finance and really all different sides. And the team, you know, me and the other co-founder poured a lot of uh, resources and time into to helping to try to get where we're at today, and uh, you know that definitely helped. 
That's Brad Novak, the other other co-founder, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, we only got a minute left, but yeah, that was my question. I'm sure that play that played into you helping to get a business jump started, right? Yeah, in the Northwestern MBA, you know, I was working in corporate finance and um, went to Northwestern to get that MBA to sort of get that marketing and entrepreneurship and leadership, you know, skill set. And while at Northwestern, it was sort of when we came up with the idea to create the bobblehead and then, you know, that experience sort of gave me the confidence to say, hey, let's take this a step further and see what we can do. Okay, well, thanks, Phil. I'm going to I'm gonna come up and see you um, maybe for the buck season, okay? Sounds good, Dave. You're welcome anytime. Phil Scalar, CEO and co-founder of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. We'll be back with Mike Feck, but first, let's hear David Jennings in the news on WGN. 